0: edition of the Pewter report podcast energized by celsius happy cinco de mayo to everyone as well it's a thursday edition of the podcast we are getting closer to that weekend and it's a great day because the tampa bay lightning won last night the series is tied up at 1-1 but we're here to talk about the tampa bay Buccaneers today we're going to answer all the questions from you the fans the pewter people my name is matt matera but join with me more importantly is someone that the fans have been asking for. They said, we want her. No, we need her on the show. And she is extremely busy covering your Tampa Bay Lightning and moving to a new place. So she is moving mountains just to be here to cover the bucks with everyone on the show today. It is none other than Kay Hudson. Casey Hudson. Casey, how are you doing on this lovely Thursday?
1: I feel like I need to like jump in a with like my hand my fist pumping and stuff i'm good <laughs> yeah. i mean i woke up this morning and chose violence and chaos but nothing less exciting the violence part,
0: and chaos on yes a the
1: violence being no other human being besides myself would wait to pack and move and do things until the day of moving <laughs> which is lovely <laughs> and then my mom calls and she's like i need you to drive the u-haul and i was like you were trusting me with the u-haul in such short notice so Chaos and violence.
0: Luna says hi. Luna says hello. Hello, yeah. Luna. We are a uh, we are a dog friendly podcast as well too. So everyone yes. that's got a dog, we love you. Not as much as a cat guy, yes. but if you got a cat, that that's that's great too. As long as you as long as you're taking care of a pet and you got a companion, that's, that's great. Sweet. But yeah, driving a U-Haul. First of all, moving in general absolutely sucks. It's a top five worst thing to do. I would rather stay in an apartment that I absolutely hate. That have to like pick up and move all my stuff over again and getting
1: it figured out
0: and moving a U-Haul, driving that thing, it's not fun because like one, if you mess up anything a little bit, they'll like hit you with like this fee or that fee or whatever. And like I drive, I drive a Honda, so like I'm used to kind of like a smaller car. But when you move into like a different big type of car, Mm -hmm. it's it's not easy. Like there's an adjustment period for sure.
1: Oh, for sure, and it makes like I mean, I drive an SUV, but still, the last minute. But you know, the funny part is that I'm some of, some of our pewter fans know I'm a military brat. So my mom is just like ashamed that I don't know how to pack or drive U hauls. She was driving 27 inch things and all things. So I'm situated. This is my new Hubble abode, not filled up yet, waiting for my roommate to come and we'll get organized and drink the tequila and do what we do.
0: Very and cool. Yeah. Focus
1: back on the lightning. So yeah, I'm like,
0: yeah, are, are you going to be at the game? Uh, I, I'm assuming they play tomorrow. I'll
1: be doing pregame game tomorrow. So, actually, I'm hopping on um, puck Drop Live with Kaylee Mizell on Valley Sports before the game, and then I'll be rushing back home to watch the game from home. So, I'm excited. Yeah, game absolutely.
0: Three. Yeah, game three. That was such an awesome game last night. I mean, pretty much everything that the Maple Leafs did to the Lightning in game one, the the Lightning did that to Toronto in, in game two. So, it was awesome to see. Yep. We will... We'll see what happens in game three. It's going to be very intense. I know Bucs fans uh, are going to be excited for it, and we will get to the Bucs in a second. But, you know, let's play off we, we got to talk about, about that a little
1: things. bit. Exactly. And funny yeah. enough, I was on the press conferences earlier, and, you know, I was hyped by the conversations that were taking place with the Lightning head coach and, and Alex Killorn. So we'll see how the how – the, um, Scales tip, but Pew Report enjoys talking about hockey a little bit, guys. Just a backstory for the Pewter fans, because we've got multiple fans in the NHL, but not all Lightning fans on the Pewter team. So it gets aggressive in the Pewter (laughs) Pewter group chat. That's where our our, our really awful colors come out to one another. We beat up on JC a lot because he's a Bruins fan. And the
0: funny thing, too, is JC is posting the chats like, you know, pictures of the Bruins with the Stanley Cup. Out of all the teams that we root for JC's team is the, they they've gone the longest without winning the cup. Like Bruins won in, I don't know, 2010, 11 or something like that. But the lightning obviously went back to back. And then John and I are Penguins fans and they went, they won in 09, but they went back to back in 2016, 2017. So JC is on the the long end in terms of, uh, of winning teams. But like we said, Lightning game coming up tomorrow. Casey's going to be doing the pregame. So make sure you watch that. It's going to be pumped up watching that. And one way to get pumped up is by drinking Celsius Energy drinks, the proud sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. As you see all of the uh, pictures on the logo there, Celsius, what haven't we said about it already that you don't already know? They have a billion different flavors. It's an energy drink, but it doesn't have all of the, the pitfalls of an energy drink. All right, you, you, get that, you get that energy that you need if you want to go work out, get through your day, have a work day. Whatever you need to do, do a long drive. I did a three-hour drive this morning, so Celsius obviously helps with that a lot. But more important than that, there's no crash. You get none of that energy drink jitters that, that comes with other energy drinks that you have. And the flavors of Celsius are second to none. I mean, you see the picture there, you got tropical vibe, you got peach mango, you got watermelon, you got kiwi. The sparkling orange is my favorite because it tastes just like orange soda. I don't even really drink orange soda. I just think of Keenan and Kel, who loves orange soda. (laughs) Kel loves orange soda, but it tastes like that orange soda. soda. I'm also rocking a uh, strawberry dragon fruit right now, which I will uh, show once we get off the screen, but uh, make sure you're getting Celsius, whether it's at a bodega gas station a walmart or any other place near you celsius is all yes. over the place and you can buy it on amazon too and if you buy them on amazon you can get a a discount as well too so load up on those celsius they come very quickly and everyone wants them so <laughs> as soon as you get them it's, it, that's as soon as uh, they're off the shelves as well too so make sure you go to amazon.com to pick out a celsius you won't be disappointed because there are flavors upon flavors upon flavors upon flavors
1: and the good ones come off the shelf so quick you end up like hunting around i think sometimes like jc has to send us pictures and be like this one's available at this gas station and we're like going Whoa. now so.
0: yeah celsius uh celsius J- uh, jc's finds like all of the celsius in the wild like yeah. there's so many flavors <laughs> like the arctic one
1: Yes, is, is a new it new one. Announced. Yeah, Scott,
0: Scott was drinking it on the podcast yesterday. As I'm about Ooh. to crack open my uh, Celsius strawberry dragon fruit for the people Ooh. at home. Tall boy, Cinco de Mayo, you know, go so <laughs> bigger, go <the> home.
1: <laughs> on theme, right on theme. I had two of the BCAA tropical twists this morning, so I hit, my, I hit my two a day of the Celsius.
0: There you go. Very nice. And also, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the, uh, the fast protein bars. Again, go to Amazon.com. Make sure you get them. The flavoring, again, just like the energy drink themselves, the flavoring tastes on point, and they don't break in your hands like other granola bars. I was saying the other day, like, God forbid if you eat a granola bar in someone else's home, you're just going to make a mess. You'll never get invited back. But that's not the case if you have a, uh, you know, a, a Celsius uh, fast bar, because that's the way it goes. I saw someone in the chat, too. Uh, yeah, shout out Richard. He said, hey, Matt and Kay Huddy. Went to Star Wars night at Disneyland here in Southern California. All right, we got a California fan in the group. Love going to Cali. Go there. Uh, been there. Been going there like once a year. Love it over there. But um, he said uh, Southern California and Celsius helped me push through until two a.m. That's wild because going. I haven't been to Disney in a while because like I'm older, I don't have kids and stuff. But <laughs> if you walk through a theme park, especially in a warm weather state like whether it's California or, or Florida where we live. That's exhausting. Like that takes a long time, you know? Yeah. So shout That's out like to a you
1: over the next day. Just by Yeah, wife.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so I can't imagine going till 2 a.m. I'm sure it was a very fun time. Obviously, uh Star Wars is a huge thing. People love that. Yesterday was May the 4th. Be with you today, single day Maya. But shout out Richard drinking that Celsius, getting you through the day with um everything that went on at Disney. All right, let's get into the bucks, Casey. Yeah, uh, yeah. We Scott and I have been on the show all week. We've been talking a lot about this draft, a lot about the NFC South opponents and their draft. We talked a little bit about the current roster on Tuesday as well, too. And, of course, we are going to answer fans' uh, questions from the fans. So make sure you get up there in the chats. Let us know what you want to talk about, whether it's the current roster or, or the draft itself, too. So we're happy to answer anything you got regarding the box. But, Casey, we haven't heard from you yet about just your – you were on the live draft show, of course, and that was a ton of fun. But in terms of – now you've had a couple of days to digest on it. Luna seems to be very opinionated about the <laughs> the draft as well, too. Now that you've had a couple of days to think about it marinate <laughs> on it, what are your overall thoughts about how the Bucs uh, addressed this draft, how they went about it? And uh, you don't have to specifically give a grade. You can if you would like to. But just give us your general thoughts about the draft.
1: Luna has an opinion too clearly. Um, okay, so yes, Luna, we know. Um, funny enough, I hopped on the JP Peterson show yesterday. He asked me to grade the draft. And I, after thinking about it for a couple of days, dramatically, I probably would have given it a D on Saturday. Really? Okay. That's um, dramatically. Luna, stop, please. Um, but yesterday I gave it a, a C plus, B minus, my biggest thing, and you and I kind of chatted about this on the live show, was the fact that um, I really thought that they were going to pick up a wide receiver. Stop it! <laughs> and I thought that they were going to add to that depth only because that depletion that they went through this past you know season was pretty was pretty rough, and a lot of it was injury prone. So I thought they were going to add a lot more protection there. Um, the first two picks. Awesome. I've seen how you guys have gone in depth about Luka Deci and like Logan Hall, we kind of all knew was going to be probably one of the more prominent additions. But after that, I didn't see the two tight ends, although I did want one tight end. Um, and then the punter cut through for a whirl, but I know a lot of people have an opinion about Bradley Pinion. So, you know, to each their own. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, and I didn't understand the trade out to get Logan Hall in the first, and they could have done some other moves there and what they could have stacked in terms of, you know, that, that D line. Um, So I just had a different idea of the approach of the draft, which I, Jason lights a genius. I have so much respect for him. Um, So it probably does sound disrespectful to be like C minus (laughs) or C plus, (laughs) but it's the wide receiver just really threw me. And not like I was only trying to go for my guy, Christian Watson, but after doing the in-depth research on the receivers, there are guys there that I thought could have been a nice addition to the Bucs because that wide receiver four spot has such a big question mark. Even the wide receiver three, we don't know what Chris Godwin's going to look like on the return. Um, you need somebody who's going to be reliable on that, in that three spot. And then, yeah, Russell Gage is going to be exciting to, to incorporate in the Bucks system. But then after that, you know, then what they don't trust Scotty. And then the, you know, the line, we can go down the line all day. So I just was expecting a lot different of a draft for at least those first four picks.
0: Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying and you make a good point about wide receiver because yes, they did bring in Russell Gage, but remember, they're also they they're not they don't have Antonio Brown anymore. So essentially Russell Gage and when I say replaces, I mean takes the 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 depth chart spot of Antonio Brown. I'm not saying skill and talent wise that he's replacing Antonio Brown because that's very tough to do. Brown is one of the greatest wide receivers of all time regardless of what you think about he does.
1: Regardless off the field, character. yeah. And I guess
0: on the field because what he did on the field was that he just left, so he kind of. Does <laughs> so it
1: all <laughs> goes back. back to off the yeah.
0: field. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But you, you you sign Gage, and I think we all thought that that was a, a good signing there. He could end up being the number two, depending on what happens with Chris Godwin. Yeah. But even before that, um even after signing Russell Gage and still going to the draft, we talked about, and Scott talked about this a ton too about. <laughs> you know, flooding the wide receiver position, adding more depth because of the way that the, all the injuries went down. And the Bucs didn't necessarily do that. Again, Gage replaces Antonio Brown. But uh-huh. outside of that, they re-signed Brashad Perryman. Okay, Perryman was already there. And then I understand the Bucks had so many injuries at wide receiver, like including Perryman and Cyril Grayson Jr. The yep. odds are that probably won't necessarily happen again too. But when they've shown that they don't have that, I guess trust anymore in someone like Scotty Miller, who I know you love. I love Scotty as well too. I would like to see Scotty out there more, but we don't make the decisions. The coaching right. staff clearly doesn't want to see Scotty out there. It Looks like his his role was going to be a gunner. So it still does kind of look a little thin at wide receiver outside of the big three, and then whatever you want to say about Tyler Johnson or Brashad Perryman, they could duke it out for fourth and fifth along with uh, Jalen Darden. As well and Scotty Miller, you never know. He, he could be working almost triple time as hard as, as he has in the past to make sure he gets a roster spot. But to your point, with all the wide receivers on the board, sad to see Christian Watson go to uh, the Packers, but you will get to see him this year in Tampa because the Packers do come uh, to Raymond James Stadium this year on the schedule.
1: Kills me. I'm still so heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Logan Hall too.
0: I, I like the pick. Like overall, I I would give the Bucks a solid B. Somewhere like in between a B plus and a B, but there's no grade in between that. I like the Hall pick because it fits a need for what Tampa Bay overall, what they need along the defensive line because it doesn't look like and Dominick Sue is coming back. But in terms of like, was he the best defensive tackle possible? I don't think so. Like Devontae Wyatt, I probably had rated a little bit more, but that's what Todd Ball's, spoke about he said that we had them pretty much on the same level so if that's the case then sure trade out get more picks get your guy there mm-hmm. um in the second round i would have really liked to see lewis seen of the georgia safety go yeah to uh, he and was i feel like i'm going hyped
1: for that you know <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah that would have been awesome don't make a scene but jamel dean that's his thing but then <laughs> I, I don't know. i'm just making a stupid joke
1: that's a song too though is it yeah i just can't remember specifically the song luna lay down. Um, I'll remember the song and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I'll I'll put that quickly. What's up Emily. But yeah, there was, and then we, there was a few players that we got very hype on that I feel could have been an appropriate, you know, maybe first round grab no hate towards the trade out. I mean, it still ended up being beneficial, but I, I just don't understand the semantics of not trying to add depth to that wide receiver class, doing the two tight ends set. I do respect the fact that it's two different kinds of tight ends. That's for sure. Um, okay. but you can tell they're rebuilding that group, which is also something we've talked about here on the pod when we've thought about like where they might need the most help and tight end are the things that I chose. So like I said, less dramatically, I agree with you. I think a B minus B plus is like good, a good place to put it. But, um, I was just really disappointed in some of the picks. The punter reaction from, from John and Josh was the funniest. Yeah. Thing I just, I'm not even sure if they were talking about the Bucks draft for a minute. I had to like rewind it. And then of course I was losing service because I was driving over to you guys when that took place. <laughs> but yeah, the punter part threw me for a loop, but I'm excited for these glass eaters that we're adding in and this blocking scheme that's really about to unload or supposed to unload for the Bucks in this off season. So I don't hate it too much. I get more acclimated with it as I go. But I would have added, you know, I'm I'm a big fan and I'm really looking forward to um Zion McCollum. I think a lot of people are. So not to just kind of sound like I'm hopping on board in the bandwagon with it, but between speed and I've been begging for speed in the secondary for months.
0: <laughs> That's yes, the only you t-
1: thing that I've talked about forever.
0: You tweeted about that like right after the, the pick went on. And and McCollum for me, he is my second favorite pick that the Bucs made throughout this entire draft i, I just mm-hmm. it's clear that special teams was an issue last year all right yeah. there's no question about that and we're not talking about like kicker ryan Suckup was fine but obviously bradley pinion was a problem towards the end of the year they addressed mm-hmm. that by drafting uh the punter but also punt coverage like we all love grant stewart he's been awesome but they need yeah. more than that they can't just rely on grant stewart <laughs> to make every single play so i love the fact that they get mccollum he brings in that speed instantly Four, three speed. Everyone saw the video of John Spitek saying that, that yep. they had a local scout tell him, if you run that again, we will draft you. And lo and behold that they did. But I think it's an awesome situation for McCollum and for the Bucks as well, of course, where he can make an impact right away on special teams, get his name out there. Fans will know him. Fans will like him. Cause I think he's going to be an X factor on special teams with that speed at gunner. And we also heard from special teams coach Keith Armstrong that they're going to put everyone back there in, in, as far as the return game. He said he wants to see more from Jalen Darden. I know that makes you sick to your stomach. But, <laughs> but, least um, he, said. he said he's going to give opportunities to everyone back there. And 4-3 speed is 4-3 speed, all right? If you get someone fast, that's half the battle. That's Jalen Darden right there. He's got speed. He needs everything else. and He needs to stop falling. So why not give McCollum that chance? And I think he's in a great spot, too, in terms of being <gasps> a corner. He was talented at Sam Houston State. Sure, a little less competition, but he got a lot of interceptions. He's got that height and length that the Bucks front office absolutely loves. You see that with Carlton Davis, and you see that with Jamel Dean as well, too. And he's a physical corner, which I absolutely love. I don't like these corners. And this goes against, because Darrell Reeves is like my favorite cornerback of all time, former Buccaneer great, future New York Jet Hall of Famer. He didn't tackle as much either. He just, you know, no one can read a play like Darrell Rivas can. And that was the issue with some other corners in this draft, like Elam out of Florida. But that's not the case here with Zion McCollum. He's physical. He'll get after you. And I think he fits this Bucs defense great. He's not going to start right away. But mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with Jamel Dean and SMB. He's more of an outside corner. So if Jamel Dean gets hurt, it could be Zion McCollum right there. So I, I think it's a, it was a great pick by the Bucs that late in the draft.
1: I absolutely agree. And you make a good point with the whole special teams thing. You know, they, they need that. We ended up having to do a few articles, just kind of emphasizing on what the three games that special teams actually showed up and performed and did well. Um, One of those three Scotty Miller is the gunner. So not putting it back on, on Scotty Miller, but controlled speed is probably the best way I'd like to put it. Because like you said, Darden's fast and that's great, but you can be fast and do too much. And it's, and it's ineffective for your team as well as yourself. So if he has a more controlled speed to him, very beneficial on special teams. And I like the depth in, uh, in which, you know, he might be called upon to pull up to that cornerback spot and help out or learn, or, you know, specific games. He can really start getting groomed at that position and and alleviate maybe Sean Murphy bunting. who knows, because we, he's going to be under, under a microscope this season. I think that, um, a lot of us are fully aware of that. SMB has a lot to prove in terms of being consistent and, and a player that can really perform in, in that defense. And now he's got some decent heat behind him to probably get that done. So McCollum is probably one of my favorite picks for sure.
0: If you had to pick one, who would you say is your favorite?
1: All right. I am i wasn't expecting a Decky only because the offseason picks or the free agent signings. You know, to add to the offensive line. But yeah. call it goofy. I'm really fascinated to to really to, to unpack this glass eater situation. I want to know what that looks like because if you if this kid is ready to come off the line and stuff guys and give a guy like Tom Brady time in the pocket, that's gonna be insane to watch. You know, look at how many fans just fell in love with Tristan Worfs over, you know, his physical and athletic capability. So this glass eater, I just I'm so I'm highly anticipating something wild and exciting to watch um, on that line. And a lot of people have kind of alluded to the fact that he could be somebody stepping in and starting right away too. So to have that much confidence in someone to protect a guy like Tom Brady, I'm pretty psyched about Luke Gudecki. Um You guys kind of broke down. I know John was fired up after watching his film and, You know, Whenever you can see something on film that can translate into a team system and you can kind of picture his role and how he's going to contribute, then that's something to be excited about rather than waiting so much. So between John's excitement and and everyone else and him being that number two pick, I would say Luke Gadecki up there for me.
0: Yeah, I was sitting next to John after the live draft show was done on Friday and he started watching the tape of Gadecki. And he was losing it. Like, I couldn't even focus on what I had to do because he was like, oh, my God, like, look at this. Like, he was so excited. And John is an extremely fair grader and and judge when it comes to watching tape. But he tends to slant a little more negative, I would say, than – and John is a very positive person overall. I mean, you -hmm. see what he's doing in his life now, what he's doing in his post-media career, and he's very positive, and he's helped you and I both so much. But yeah. in terms of, like, grading and stuff like that, you really have to earn John's seal of approval, yes. which he absolutely did. And I think it's even more interesting, too, because when the Bucks first made the pick, like, Gadecki wasn't really on my radar too much, I'll admit that, because of, you know, having Stinney and, uh, and Nick Leverett there and, and Hainsey going to be competing for the guard position, too. So when you hear that the Bucks traded up three spots, to get a guy at a position that they already had and it looked like that was going to be the competition for training camp and guys that they already believe in, I first questioned it a little bit just because of the position itself. But again, looking at the tape, reading about him, hearing yeah. his his press conference, the glass eater stuff. I mean, <laughs> can you just imagine him lining up next to Ryan Jensen next season what? if Becky wins the job? I, Pray for all the defensive tackles and nose <laughs> tackles out there because it is going to be not. It's going to be nasty for everyone else because they're yeah. going to bring an attitude that this Bucks offensive line already has. So you're just adding to it. You know, you're you're hitting the Nas tank in in the Fast and the Furious and just taking it
1: to Nas.
0: Yeah, to That's another level. a great way to
1: put it. And I saw so many tweets too about people getting hype about the new Smash Bros. and 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 whatnot between Gedecky and and Jensen. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I'm very much looking forward to and I feel like it's going to live up to the hype. And I think most people on the show know, as well as you guys being my team, like I'm the first person to question everything for no reason whatsoever, um, just to get down to the bottom of some things. Uh, So when it comes to Gideki, I think he's just he's given enough behind the hype to show that he's going to really take off this season. So. And somebody made a point as to the fact that Jason Light just has a tendency to pull these O line guys from these small schools, and they, yeah. you know, how that ends up translating and what that turns into. So that's the other thing. I mean, we all are very supportive of the fact that Jason Light is brilliant at what he does and how he tends to make these meticulous, you know, spot on, spontaneous picks. So. For him to pick a out of that, that patch. It's just, there's a lot revolving around it. That makes me excited about this particular player. But if it's not the it's definitely Zion McCollum. I would love to see him earn a bigger role on the Bucks team. And he's somebody who could really develop into a strong player down the stretch, you know, but special teams is a yeah. great. Sport.
0: It's funny too, because Gadecki playing at central Michigan. That's like the biggest school out of the small schools that, you know, that light has <laughs> picked from, you know, with, uh, with Ali Marpet and and um, and Alex Kappa and guys like that, even uh, Ryan Jensen on the team now. They obviously didn't draft Ryan Jensen, but uh, he also comes from a from a small school. Let's get through a couple of comments here, and we appreciate everyone commenting. Make sure you like the uh, podcast as well too. It's uh, important for our algorithm that we uh, get that. It'll, it'll help us with with our YouTube channel. Candace here, K Huddy keeps it. All the way real. We need another receiver. A lot of a lot of wide receiver talk. Alien Macedon says the Bucks wide receiver room is questionable. Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden can be cut. They're not though. Rashad Perriman, Cyril Grayson is the best options. Now that's interesting because we questioned Tyler Johnson getting cut last year. I wrote a story about it. I didn't at the end of the day, I didn't think he was going to get cut. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, Bruce Arians was not happy with them. And BA obviously isn't the coach anymore. He's in the front office. But he, taught, he He was not happy that Tyler Johnson didn't go into uh, some of the, the OTAs, the, the uh, organized team activities, which are optional. But when you're a young player that's kind of still on the cusp, you know, Bruce Arians wanted to see him there. There's questions about his, I believe, his weight. Uh, Bruce Arians had some issues with that or he, that he wasn't in shape yet. Jalen Darden, again, not the best rookie year, but it was a rookie season. I think it's way too early to cut bait on him. Perryman, a veteran guy that the Bucs coaching staff trust. I mean, he obviously played there in 2019 and then came back uh, last season, had the touchdown in overtime against the Bills. I don't really trust Rashad Perryman too much. I just think, you know, he's, he's past his prime. He didn't really give too much production to the team outside of the, you know, the touchdown, which was an infamous play. But I think that was his only catch of the game, too. Cyril Grayson Jr. I'm very high on because he was ascending <laughs> up until getting hurt. But, uh, Casey, your overall thoughts of the wide re- of the, the back half of the wide receiver room, we'll say.
1: Well, the only reason I start laughing is because the minute that you mentioned Cyril Sur- Grayson, I just picture you going off at the end of the Jets game. <laughs> when you and John doing the in-game commentary. It's still one of the best videos I have ever seen. Um, but, okay, so you and I agree on a lot. And then um, that one little thing, don't worry about Luna, guys. She's getting – she's torturing Milo to be her friend. Um, but – for me, Tyler Johnson, I think he made a solid point there. Bruce Arians was irritated with him for not going to OTAs. When you're fighting for a position and you don't show up acting like an entitled athlete, you have to show that you're eager to be there, you're eager to learn, and you're eager to earn that spot. If you're not showing up to OTAs as a as a brand-new guy on the team, that speaks volumes to a coach or anyone um, of authority. So that alone, to see that you know he didn't do Things which is optional, but again, he could have learned so much, gotten extra reps there, done some work that could translate into some of the mishaps that he had on the field this coming season. Um, so Tyler um, Johnson, I just need him to be dialed in focus. He has to take it seriously to go to the facility and work on his hands and work on those things that you know he struggles with. Everybody um, between fans as well as the staff. His issue with separating from defenders on the field, that's a problem because when you're going up against tough defenses and, you know, particular man coverages, you can't rely on Tyler Johnson, who's what, almost just about your wide receiver three or rotates out for your mm-hmm. wide receiver three. So that's a big question mark slash no-no when you need a reliable set of guys. We kind of touched on it a little bit. As much as Evans is a complete athlete and he's one of the biggest factors to this Bucks team. Another thing is that depending on who they face opponent-wise, Mike Evans is somewhat a decoy at this point in his career. He's always putting double coverage. He's always kind of locked in or drawing defenders away so that somebody else can get open, which is great. He's a team guy. He just wants to play his part, do his role. But then that leaves you with now the new addition Russell Gage and then an unreliable Tyler Johnson who can't separate from people who has tendency to lose the ball while it's in the air. Um, he just still has a lot of little moving pieces that he hasn't honed in yet. And he's going into what year of his NFL career?
0: Is this yeah.
1: Second or <laughs> yeah. Uh, Does I'm ball sorry. track I was remembering what year he was in, but that's how much he just, like, kind of deflates my whole mentality. But, yeah, he <laughs> ball-tracking skills and separation. I wouldn't rely on him as a coach. Scotty Miller, yeah, everybody knows I'm very high on Scotty Miller. That's that's my dude. I was always hoping and rooting for Scotty Miller to get more of an opportunity. There's just – there's no trust factor there. The coaches clearly are just not for it. Um, Scotty's biggest role is going to be when the roster is depleted of wide receivers or special teams to kind of – or, or swap in. That's what it looks like. That's going to be. Everybody knows how I feel about Darden. I know you say that it's early to call it. If I'm being a nice human being for a minute, you're right. It's early. He just got situated. Um, but off-season-wise, yeah, they need to like tape his feet together and teach him how to run without doing the cha-cha slide. So, <laughs> Pun intended <laughs> <laughs> sliding, um, yeah. but yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of work to do. So I would love to know what his mentality is in this off season. I know that a lot of athletes have to tune out the noise and, and, and dial in, but he's got some work to do to make sure that he starts kind of honing what, what that is that he's going to bring to the Bucks team. So that's why I just can't, I can't shake the fact that I'm so sad that oh. the Bucks didn't pick up a wide receiver because you just oh. have so many question marks down the roster once you get past Russell Gage, uh, Rashad Perriman, everyone knows love Perriman was rooting for him equally as Scotty Miller. At some points people thought I loved Scotty, but he didn't make many catches. He dropped some very significant balls, but then he also, you know, had that really big catch against the bills, but that's only going to carry you so far. So out of that whole group, once you get past Evans, Chris Godwin and Russell Gage, the next guy that I would agree with you on a hundred percent is Cyril Grayson. I have, I, I think that he was just on a great trajectory. I think he was finding a lot of confidence. Uh, a lot of people have to realize he's coming from a track background and really find who he is in football. And I think he started to find that before that that injury. So the injury wasn't super significant. I think he's somebody we can expect to see mm-hmm. a, a little bit more out of this season.
0: He's mad funny on Twitter too. Like, I I love have you ever see
1: him? off the field.
0: He's like just went. He's like wearing a robe all day and just went golfing, like retirement's pretty fun, (laughs) Tom Brady. (laughs) He's like, I don't get why Brady came back. But speaking of Tom Brady, question here from Candice. They say, is Brady completely all in this year? He's been all about brand promotion this offseason. Tom Brady has very much been about his brand promotion. He's got the Brady brand. They've expanded into golf now too. But no one has ever been more motivated, locked in, dialed in, whatever you want to call it, no one works harder than Tom Brady. I have no doubts, no questions at all whatsoever about Tom Brady's work ethic or if he's focused on this year. I mean, he retired and then decided to come back. If he was already retired, he obviously still had something, you know, he still had that itch. He still had that competitive drive and that fire to be like, oh, you know what? Like Tom Brady doesn't need to play. He has all the accolades, the history, and he makes a ton of money. And his wife makes a ton of money as well, too. Like, he doesn't (laughs) need to keep playing. The Brady brand is going to be fine on his own and the TB12 method. So he wants to play. He's not going to be there at OTAs, but he hasn't been to OTAs in over, like, a decade, I think. So there's no concern there. It's just, you know, it's Brady. And he's got a great marketing team around him, too. Like, whether it's the TikToks. He had a hilarious TikTok today where uh, something with Bieber about, like, talking about honesty and then he was like oh, oh the uh, gosh, yeah and he was like oh the the, the play against the Raiders it might have been a fumble if I was a Raiders fan like it's a, it's absolutely hilarious what he said and everything if I was a Raiders fan I would be completely livid I would be losing my mind because that would be something as a fan if that was my team that I root for I I don't think, I don't know if I would still get over it. I bet you there are some Raiders fans that just got over it. And then Brady brings it up right then and there. So um, shout out to his, to just Brady's overall team. Like he's hilarious on social media. It's it's great. Oh, it's I good know. to see this side of Brady.
1: Oh, it's fantastic to see. And I, I think I've tweeted it almost at nauseam now because it's like Tampa Tom is, there's so many layers of Tampa Tom. If anybody can tweet, at pewter report or at me or at Matt and let us yeah. know anytime that Tom Brady was this funny in his career at the Patriots I will send you something I'll figure out something worth sending I've never seen so much personality at Tom Brady until he got to Tampa and now he's doing TikToks and they're actually funny yeah
0: yeah they are funny. I, I
1: don't really laugh at like stupid stuff all the time but I laugh at Tom Brady stuff and growing up with a mom who worked for the Miami Dolphins, hated, despised the Patriots, which means my mother does not like Tom Brady until he showed more personality here in about eight months in. I'm not going to be high on Tom Brady because I was raised way differently when it comes to Tom. So now I think that he's awesome. I think he's so much personality and he's hilarious, but um, I guess just to kind of build off of what you were saying, Cause you make such a good point. He would come out of retirement to not be serious about something. We're talking about one of the most competitive athletes in professional sports period. Um, so he's not going to come back and just tread lightly or just get it behind him or just do just enough. Like Tom Brady's mm-hmm. back to compete. Tom Brady's back to, you know, stack on the that he got this season. You're also talking about a quarterback who broke how many different records this past season and nobody's come close to it. So guess what he's yeah. about to do this entire season by the not by doing the bare minimum, by but just doing bare minimum on the field, he's going to just continue to push those accolades and those awards and those records that much higher by showing up. So he's not a bare minimum kind of guy. I think that he's all in. I think he's all in to make a point. I also think that this team was kind of robbed of something very special because they were playing – not that they were playing extraordinarily well. They kind of had a better previous season, but they were facing a lot of – I think that the drama that took place at the end of the season just really overwhelmed everybody in a different way. Um, I think that caused a lot of mental fatigue. I think it took the joy out of a lot of things. I think it changed, you know, just the vibe around the place. And when you kind of get into that mental funk because of something outside of your control or somebody, you know, somebody else, that that's going to leave you with a real fire in your belly when you come back or when you have another season ahead of you. And that that situation, that mental obstacle is now eliminated. So it's up to this group of guys who they all seem very confident to play along one another to go for more and they have the ability to do it. So Brady's all in the promotion thing. I think it was you, me, Paul. Can we do five on here? It was definitely you, me, Paul and John, but I feel like JC either rotated in or he was there somewhere. But last game of the season when we were trying to um, debate whether or not Brady was going to retire, And I said, no, I didn't think he was going to retire. I don't think he could leave that season the way that he, you know, leave it like that and feel good about it. Number one, number two, I was saying, if he does happen to go, he's coming back and he's going to use his Brady brand and all the things he's got going on to be that campaign pusher and that slogan to, you know, announce his comeback to the world. So I think he's just really playing into both the, entertainment aspect of things as well as football yeah. because when he really is hanging it up then he's gonna have so much to keep him not sitting on the couch in a row bored tom brady's not gonna be the kind of guy that's gonna ever be okay with being bored. yeah he's
0: gonna have he's gonna have to do something he might like i don't know get into a different support or just keep playing on the celebrity golf pro-am something. But, and and the thing too is um it's one thing when it's the off season and you're being funny, making videos, whatever. But he's funny in season too, <laughs> like with the Bucks, where that would never ever be the case when he was with New England. But you know, he comes here to Tampa, he's cracking jokes here and there, and always doing uh, some fun stuff. We'll get to Mark's question here. Mark says, "I had suspicions about a punter being taken. Taken fourth round was shocking. This draft will go down." as the draft of the wide receiver and the draft of the punter. I agree fourth round was a little bit early, but Jake Camarda wasn't even the first punter taken off the board. The Ravens took a punter, um, and then punt god Matarezia got drafted uh, a little bit later. I do think fourth round, slightly, slightly early. But punter, I don't think gets enough credit for how important a punter is to a team. Maybe not to the Bucks specifically because they're going to be on the field a lot. By the way, Tom Brady, three career punts. They had a video of it the other day on Twitter. <laughs> it was obviously every single time it was like they were lined up like it, they were going to run a play in shotgun and then he just punted it. <laughs> two out of his three punts, I don't remember the third one, but two out of his three punts landed like within the 10 or the 5 and then one of his teammates was able to down the ball before it reached the end zone. So his punting stats like inside the 10 are astronomical they're actually really good but i think it's a little <laughs> bit early it clearly addresses a need though that the bucks evidently find extremely important and it, it's obvious at this point that they're going to move on from bradley pinion and i hope pinion is able to sign somewhere else because he he really is a great guy but they're going with jake Kamarta out of georgia obviously played in the national championship game and i think what's important about him just hearing from the bucks front office and and um Josh Capo wrote a great story about his, too. He's inventing a new stat called Pinya. It's very cool. Check out his article. Um, it's more than just booting the ball deep. You know, you got to have hang time to make sure your teammates are able to run down the field. So Grant Stewart, who already gets down there very quickly, can get there even faster because of the hang time. It's about pinning teams deep when maybe you're at midfield and you can't just boot it 60 yards. You have to punt it like 30 yards and, and get it within that five-yard line. There's more to it than just Precision hitting and accuracy.
1: it deep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So in that sense, I'm okay with it, but just curious to get your thoughts on no, it. No,
1: that's a great point, actually, though, because, I mean, depending on the level of – not, I don't want to say what kind of fan you are, but depending on how deep you choose to get into um, um, your sports excitement, you don't really – pay attention to, to special teams and how significant that can be in certain turning points. So the people that do pay solid attention, you know, a lot of fans were just very unhappy with Braille opinions um, performance. I just think that four was still a little high. I feel like he kind of still would have been on the board because Jake wasn't really anyone that I heard much conversation revolving around. I was hearing more about Matt Azera. Is that his name properly?
0: I think it's a razia
1: yeah, yeah. I would butcher his name, but I was hearing a little bit more buzz about him. So I think it was just more so the shock that there was that much knowledge about the punchers coming out. Um, but I do agree. I think that they, that they don't give enough credit. And I think you explained that so well. Um, I still just kind of would have lined up a few things differently in terms of the first picks, like the puncher would have came after pick four for me.
0: <laughs> I just like this uh, quote from, a. Uh... Tom Bucks fan. Jordan's side, I think he's talking about Michael Jordan. Jordan's side golf bets were as high as PGA prizes. So this is a fun fact. I don't know how many fans know this, but years ago, like over a decade ago, Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. So there's a on the PGA, they have a celebrity event at Pebble Beach every year and celebrities will team up with each other and, and you have teams of two. So Tom Brady and Michael Jordan teamed up together. This is before Brady was like the goat. He had a couple of Super Bowls under his belt, but it wasn't you know the Tom Brady that we see today, and they they won, but they like annihilated the field. Like they won by ten strokes or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't even close. It's
1: fair though to put Michael Jordan and and Tom Brady on the same team. Even yeah. if he even if he wasn't the guy that he is today. I mean, look, you win two Super Bowls in this league. Not a big deal.
0: Yeah. Uh, supply and demand here says OBJ midseason is worth it. He's talking about uh, Odell Beckham, who is still available in free agency. I believe he was at the Phoenix Suns game the other night. Shout out John Ledyard, who was a Suns fan. I believe they won. Um, we, we talked about this before, so we, we don't have to get into this too much. I like Odell as a receiver. I think a lot of the, we'll just call it antics, with Odell is a little overblown. It's nothing compared to what went on with Antonio Brown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's still extremely talented. Maybe not the prime Odell, the one-handed catch type of Odell. But I mean, he was great in the Super Bowl up until him getting hurt. But there lies the issue of yeah. he's not going to be available until the middle of the season. The Bucs are already going to have their team set. So mm-hmm. in terms of adding him to the team, I think it would have to be more of an emergency situation, almost kind of like what they ran into last year towards the end of the year. Yep. Uh, but that was more of the playoffs so it's kind of like too little too late at that point. I like Odell, but I think it would have to be more of a, you know, a middle round thing. We talked about this on the on the live draft show a little bit, but yeah. I don't think it's going to happen.
1: No. And I you, you said it right there. Between the fact that he's coming back from injury, he's not going to be back until mid-season, like all athletes, you have to have that evaluation period coming back from such a significant injury. So if he comes back and he can't really get his wheels going or be the OBJ that you hired him to be until the end of the season or season's over, then it wasn't worth the ticket. So nah.
0: Yeah. One thing I got to get going better is my bowling game, which of course, if I'm going to do my bowling, I'm going to do it at pin chasers. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, the owner of pin chasers, Anthony Peroni is a huge bucks fan. He has bucks season tickets. So if you go to pin chasers, you're going to be supporting a fellow Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, chase is not only a good time to go with your friends, with your family for a night out, but they have something there for everyone. If you want to book a birthday party for your kids, they have the bowling lanes, but they also got an arcade center as well too. I understand kids, their attention span can only go for so long, so that you can go and do multiple things there at the bowling alley. The food, as you see in the picture there, extremely underrated. I understand most bowling alleys, like want to shy away from the food a little bit that is not the case here at pinchasers chasers the pizza's great burgers If you want to go old school just get some chicken fingers for something to munch on while you're in between games and stuff like that they got great food there the waiters and waitresses bring it right to you as well too you don't even have to get up you can just sit down enjoy yourself maybe get those one dollar miller lights that's one of their deals that they have and they'll bring the food wow. right to you and they have different deals Literally every single day. They got all-you-can-eat pizza. They got all-you-can-bowl. They got brunch specials on the weekend. So make sure you go to Pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book a party. And as you see on the screen there as well, they have multiple locations. So Pinchasers.net to go out with friends and or family to have a good time. Let's get into a couple of more questions here as we roll along on this Thursday edition of the pewter report podcast let's see what else we got going on here only (laughs) (laughs) time only time i know of is uh when brady was on the late night show and chugged a glass of beer in like one and a half seconds Uh, i'm not sure i'm reading through the comments i don't know where the basis of this conversation started but yeah that video is also another like pretty viral video of tom brady chugging a beer like very quickly. So he's just talented in all phases of life. Whether <laughs> it's playing in the NFL, whether it's dominating on the golf course, <laughs> drinking beer, starting a brand, like everything Tom Brady does, it just it just it's works. Amazing. The TB12 method, which actually I believe there's one very close to pinchasers, but the TB12, TB12 method, I, you go to TB12. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good, you like it.
1: I give them my money. Yeah, actually, because I mean, for some people that know, I I instruct outside of my sports broadcasting career. And this girl had hip flexors like a hockey player, which is not a compliment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, TV 12 squad helped me out over there and um, my roommate, too. So she's a consistent TV 12 er to get pliability. They're very high on the pliability. And that is the method to their madness between nutrition and everything else. So I'm a fan. Not a bandwagon fan, but I'm actually a a, a general, genuine fan. Um, but I know people are still probably throwing things in the comments from when I was like, "Show me a time Tom Brady was funny before Tampa." Um,
0: oh right, yeah. I'm Sorry, this podcast good. just moves along so much. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I already like thinking to the next, you know, yeah. comment or
1: to, to sum Tom Brady up in a pretty little bow, so that we don't have to go any further with it. Tom Brady is David Beckham, and
0: and they. They Their saw each friends. other at the, at the stadium last year, too. It was after a game. Yeah. I don't remember, friends. because for part of the season, they only allowed like a certain amount of media because of like COVID protocols. Uh-huh. But there was a picture of, like, and I, I saw it, too. I'm not sure if you saw it. You might have still been up in the press box. But, yeah, yeah it was Brady bad. saying hi to uh, David Beckham. I think Gronk was over there, too, but Gronk was hurt at the time. Yeah, um, as a
1: girl that grew up playing soccer, I was very saddened to know that David Beckham was in the building and nowhere near me. But I think that Tom Brady's just gonna kind of do what Beckham did, you know, start building out those brands, those empires. He's probably gonna own a team down the line, like how Bex owns um, International Miami FC and yeah. all of that. So if you want to know how Tom Brady's life's gonna unfold, just go hop and follow David Beckham.
0: Good question here from Ben. He says, Have you guys discussed the safety situation? Still feel we need a true strong safety behind Neal in case of injury. So th- this is an interesting thing because we spoke to a lot of the Bucks defensive coaches the other day, and I don't want to say by far, but definitely my favorite assistant coach to speak to was Nick Rapone, who is the safeties coach. Uh, he goes very in-depth with a lot of things. And so I asked him something about Mike Edwards because – Mike Edwards is a fun player to watch. He's a playmaker. He had the two pick sixes against Atlanta. He had three on the season plus another interception in the playoffs against the Eagles. So he's a creative guy. He's going to make plays for you. But with that said, the Bucks have never really trusted him in terms of being a full-time starter. Now, granted, you had Jordan Whitehead there as well, too, to go next to Antoine Winfield Jr. So it wasn't like they had no other talent there and was like, why isn't Mike Edwards getting this opportunity? But Jordan Whitehead is with the Jets now. So here's the window of opportunity for Mike Edwards. So I I asked Nick Rapone, I said, you know, do you trust Mike Edwards or what, what does he have to do in order to, to earn your trust? And he said, he had an interesting take. He said, I trust Mike more now than he has in the past. And he was like, listen, this guy plays a quarter of the snaps and gets all the interceptions uh, in the secondary. But when it came to Mike Edwards in terms of becoming a starter, he said Mike Edwards can do everything on the back end coverage, interceptions, knocking the ball away. It really came down to the tackling. He needs to see more tackling, open field tackling from Edwards. And I thought that was really interesting too, now that I think about it more, because one of Jordan Whitehead's best traits was lining up the line of scrimmage, being a heat seeking missile, annihilating. Whoever had the ball, and the Bucks don't need another guy that's just going to, you know, drill every opponent right. that they have. As long as you make the tackle, and Rapone said this too in another question, as long as you make the tackle, that's all we need. Sure, it's it's cooler and there's more emphasis when you when you really just knock someone hard and everyone goes, oh, oh my god. But <laughs> at the end of the day, Edwards, um, that's like the big thing that the coaching staff is going to be looking for for him to start at strong safety and for Winfield jr. He's getting close to the level of elite, you know, in a very short amount of time. And Mm -hmm. Rapone said that for good players and great players. And I think Winfield junior We'll get to that great player status. Mm -hmm. You still got to challenge yourself. So they're challenging him now to get more interceptions. Obviously Edwards does what he does in that department. Right. He, He wants Antoine Winfield jr. To get six or seven interceptions. That's a lot in a season, but if you want to be an elite player, that's what you got to do.
1: Absolutely. First of all, great question, Matt. I'm so glad that you asked that because again, some of the conversations that we've had throughout the season, I throw a tamper tantrum because I want more (laughs) picks and I want more speed. Is it too much to ask guys? Well, I think the bucks are hearing my cry a little bit because now we've got a little bit more speed that will be there eventually. Um, But for, I mean, it's a resounding sentence, phrase from the entire team, from the coaching staff to the players. The guy is a ball hawk. And I appreciate him because he is one of the few people that are getting the interceptions that I would love to see out there. So I think that he's going to step into a bigger role. I love the fact that Rapone said, you know, thinking of that now because you kind of have to reflect on how much he stepped up throughout the season, how much him and Jamal Dean stepped up. I mean, Dean was working with some injuries, but even with those injuries, it's very – it's somewhat promising to see what Jamal Dean can, can turn into, um, kind of getting that attention as a potential starter, that respect as a potential starter. I feel I had kind of have a theory here sometimes that players kind of amount to where they think their cap is, where they think their limit is. And sometimes that limit is created by what you feel, the vibe that you get from your coaching sp- for the people around you. So if people start treating you like you can be an elite athlete, as you said, for Antoine Winfield Jr., then he's going to kind of have this mentality that he has further to go to step into. You can have your own goal, but you don't realize how the, the support system around you can kind of phase that. So I think now that people are looking at Dean and Mike Edwards as, you know, more than just this backup or this fill-in, they're going to get a chip on their shoulder to say, hey, I can do more. I can fill more of a role. I can provide that, you know, ball, that interception guy, that tackler guy, um, I can do that role better. So I think we're going to see a difference stride right out of Mike Edwards. And I have a whole nother level of respect from him from the things that he did this season. But yes, tackling was a major gross issue <laughs> this past season. They need to figure it out. At some points I was tweeting in all caps, like, can these guys put duct tapes on their gloves and make tackles? Will that help like snatch a shoelace or something? But the missed tackles has to for sure be a correction. I just think if it's a focus in the offseason and it's something that's spoken about and these guys feel like they're more respected in that role, then I think that it'll happen. Now, with Neal being there,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Neal's on a one-year deal, correct?
0: Yes. Him okay. and Logan Ryan Right. also. I emphasize Ryan because I'm going to mix up Logan Ryan, Logan and Hall Logan a thousand Hall. times, so I apologize Same. in advance
1: you know, I'm going to be about that too. Um, so yes, with Logan Ryan as an addition and um, Keanu Neal, the thing is that Neal has won some pretty big battles to be a starter when he was on the Falcons, he was playing in a different role with the Cowboys. So I think the Bucks are going to just want to see what he's going to do um, in their system. But when he's given the right role, he's actually quite productive and he does well in that, in that safety position. And Talon Winfield Jr. around between strong safety and and elsewhere. So, if there's anything we've learned about this Bucks coaching staff, this Bucks defensive group is that they love versatility. And then in walks Logan Ryan. I almost said Hall. And yeah,
0: nice. Ryan,
1: you can kind of pop around in a few other places as well. So if they need to add him in on safety and, and use him there, so I don't think that they're gonna really feel a sense of urgency at the safety position just yet. I think they're gonna get through this season, reevaluate after that because. Keanu Neal's how old? 20, he's still 20. He's still,
0: yeah, he's still young. I think he's 26, which is right. crazy to think because he's been in the league for a
1: while. I know. I swear his name has been going for forever. But yeah. um, he was one of the first <laughs> Pro Bowl interviews I've ever done. Extrem- oh, no kidding. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> yeah. That's he's awesome. he, Very work-oriented. You can see it. Um, man, a few words. But super nice, super nice guy. But circling back to that. Thinking of his age, if Keanu comes into the system, plays well, plays strong, and shows these Bucks that, you know, he belongs in their system, then you're looking at a contract extension or a whole different contract for him. So I think the safety situation is just let's get through this season right now and reevaluate in the offseason. And I think almost everybody, if not definitely me, I am rooting for a way stronger draft class next year because this draft class was also kind of that after COVID, being a fifth-year, sixth-year senior playing on different schedules, not playing a full season, maybe not playing a season at all. It was just so weird because Mm -hmm. of COVID. So I do cut this draft class a lot of slack, but it just wasn't as exciting as previous years before. Usually I nerd out a lot more when it comes to the draft, and I just couldn't really gauge a focus with this one. So I think think they're just going to want to wait and see what happens next draft year and then rely on Logan Ryan, put him where they need him at the moment and Keanu Neal being that safety for them as well.
0: I think it helps too that the Bucs draft so late. So it's like harder to get as interested because it's like, all right, well, whatever they do, they're still going to win the division and like make a run in the playoffs. But the secondary as a whole is, is very fascinating because you have a ton of players and you mentioned a lot of them. A lot of players are on one year deals or in the last year of their contracts. Yep. Edwards, Jamel Dean, SMB, uh, Ryan and and Neil both signed one year deals, So if so facto it's a contract year so you're really just looking at Carlton Davis at corner and Antoine Winfield Jr. at safety in terms of okay these guys are the future like we have them for more than one season and I'll go back to Nick Rapone he pretty much established that Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan are more uh security blankets in terms of it's Edwards job at strong safety but if things don't go according to plan Neal can play safety he said Ryan can also play safety, but they're also going to use him at, at a corner. Uh, yeah, nickel corner as well, too, which that's, of course, if is if things don't work out with uh, with Sean Murphy bunting. So there's a lot on the line for for plenty of these safeties this year. Um, so it should be really fun to watch. There's a lot going on there. Another comment here from Pagan Troll, but his comment isn't really trolling. So I don't know. <laughs> what he's crawling down. He said, Leonard, obviously going back to our letter. For a minute, <laughs> run to the right. That Shaq Mason signing was really underrated. That dude is a stud. I believe Tom Brady beat Logan Mankinson in a chugging co- contest. So the chugging contest is very much a theme <laughs> of uh, today's podcast on Cinco de Mayo, nonetheless. Um, oh. But to address the Shaq Mason part, I think that kind of just gets forgotten. Like, Oh, okay. We got Shaq Mason. We're good to go. Yeah. For a fifth rounder, which many people are saying, and Pewterport as well too, that like Jack Mason is a better offensive lineman than Alex Kappa, so they only gave up a fifth rounder for him. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's less expensive than what Alex Kappa's deal is signing with the uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. And you already solidify your your starting right guard when that was a big question going to the season with Kappa leaving, and obviously on the other side, left guard. Ali yep. Marpet leaving. I mean, this could go down in terms of trades. Like the JPP trade is up there for Jason Light is one of the best trades he's ever made. Absolutely. In terms of, now the Gronk thing is different because it was like, okay, right, hey, Brady's here. Gronk only wants to play with Brady. Gronk kind of forced the issue more with, with the Patriots. It wasn't like the Patriots were really looking to give up Gronk. Gronk was already retired. So right. that's a different category of its own. But other than the JPP trade, we'll see what happens this year. If that Shaq Mason trade really could go down as one of the best moves that Jason Light made in terms of trading, like Shaq Barrett without question, best free agency signing. Uh, but that was free agency. We're t- we're talking strictly about trades here. So I, I I think it's a good point. The Shaq Mason might not be your top headline given what else went on this, uh, this off season, but it was a necessity to get this thing done.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, Again, Tom Brady has been in this league forever, so not only is he somebody who's going to accomplish more this season because of his competitive nature and who he is, but when you have a guy like that personally selecting people to be a part of this team, I think it just speaks volumes and 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 tells you that you have things to look forward to out of these players. So he's one. He's one of. He's the one that wanted Shaq Mason. He's the one that wanted. Um, I almost said the wrong name. These guys' names are getting so close. Gage. Let's get Russell Gage. I That's want to okay. call everybody Logan now. There's so many Logans. So yeah, <laughs> you know, you've got Tom Brady picking give the phone, Russell Gage and calling Jack Mason and and kind of giving his, his 10 cents behind these, these trades for free agency pickups or it's so on and so forth. So um, underrated, I'm definitely hearing a lot about the fact that he's underrated. I'm hearing about how much he really has to offer on the field and I'm hearing a big, a big, big silent push that says that Tom Brady has a lot of trust in Jack Mason uh, on the line that he's going to be a huge, great addition for the Bucks.
0: Yeah, uh, Pagan says that his name derives from a Scandinavian mythology. I'm nowhere close to trolling. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, another question here from James. He says, Gronk or Sue? Any word? Good question here. And Scott's been very talkative about this. He said if he was going to bet on which player is more likely to come back to the Bucs, he would say it's Rob Gronkowski. And I agree with that too. Gronk Mm -hmm. only wants to play with Tom Brady. He's not going anywhere else. It's either retirement or continuing to play. And I think the fact that and we don't know how Brady, what Brady is going to decide after the season, but if we're under the speculation that Brady's only going to play for one more year, I think, Behind the scenes, he's probably being like, come on, Rob, just one more year. Just one more, and then you can go into retirement. And Gronk's in another situation like Brady, too, where he has all the accolades, he has the championships, and he makes a lot of money outside of football as well, too. (laughs) So he doesn't need to play. But I could see Gronk coming back for one more year because of that, where Sue, another player that doesn't have to play because of the accolades, he got that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But he wants the right money to come back and play as well, too, where I don't think the Bucs and Domkin-Sue have met in the middle yet. I think Sue still wants to play. The Bucs would still like Sue, but they're not going to go over a certain number because their t- roster talented uh, is talented enough, and obviously you have to stay under the salary cap. And that's also why you see Logan Hall getting drafted with their first pick, second-round pick, but with the Bucs first pick overall, and uh, that's why they went with Logan Hall. So what do you think, Gronk or Sue first?
1: I'm, I'm going to go with you on, on the Gronk deal. I think Gronk just loves playing with Tom, and, you know, he's going to figure it out. I think a lot of it, too, just, you know, they got Tom Brady's deal just about sorted out. Gronk's going to probably have to figure out what his incentives and his perks are going to be in order to come back and what games that's going to be a part of. So I definitely see a Gronk return before a Sue return. Now, an unfavorable opinion, I kind of rather have – back um, over Gronk, even though I know Gronk is huge, especially middle of the field, those big plays. um, He's going to be a great mentor to those new tight ends that are being added to the roster. But if you look at tape and you just see some of those those double teams and that brick wall that has been it's kind of nerve-wracking to, to see, you know, what the developmental stage of a guy coming in and Sue is going to be because we still don't have question, you know, there's still question marks around some other depth on the D-line when it comes to Nacho, Clendon and all these other guys. So security blanket lies on the defense, I have such a respect for Adomacan Sue and what he does on the field and on that line. Um, so selfishly, I would love to see – but I think you're right. He comes at a higher price. He's now a dad of twins. They are really situating their their life in Oregon, um, where, you know, be the, the minute that he wraps up his career and where they are every offseason as soon as they're done. Um, I think he even has like a restaurant out there, too, that he just started up. So he's got this post football life going on. So I think for him, if he's going to put his body on the line, he's going to do it for a price. And the Bucks are in a tight space when it comes to that. So I would see Grant coming back before before Sue.
0: It was funny. He made a cameo on the show Ballers. That was with The Rock, where The Rock's like. I
1: loved that show. I didn't. Oh, finish. you watched it? Awesome. Yeah, there, of course I did.
0: Yeah, I thought it was good. The first couple seasons were good. The last one, when he's like fighting the NCAA, that kind of got a little convoluted. He's getting Weird. into skating and stuff like that. But anyway, there's a lot of Bucks cameos on that show. Former and current Bucks. Um, JPP was on it briefly. Deshaun Jackson was on it. And uh, Dom Gatsu was on the show, and his storyline he was only in like an episode or two. But his storyline is that he bought a restaurant in Miami, he was on the Dolphins at the time. I don't think any player, maybe JPP, no player at the time was actually on the Bucks like when they made their cameo on ballers. But mm-hmm. that's just a fun fact. But anyway, um, if you could bet on whether Gronk or Sue is going to come back to the Bucks first, the perfect place to go and bet on that would be my bookie. That's right, my bookie. Ag is another sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. We get them, of course, during the NFL season. We got them here today too. And as you see, there's a big UFC fight coming up this Saturday, UFC 274. I believe the main event is um, Charles Oliveira against Justin Gaethje for the title. So, um, big fight there. I'm a big fan of the UFC. Not just the, the, the main guys as well too. Uh, the under sometimes the undercards are even better than like the main event or to, the, the pay per view itself, too. But mm-hmm. if you go to my bookie, there are so many different options. Like we're at a great time of the year for sports. The Kentucky Derby is coming up on Saturday. You have playoff hockey, bet on the bolts to win at home tomorrow, bet on the penguins to win tonight, playing oh, against okay. the Rangers. They won that first game triple overtime, so I, I think <laughs> Bolton's gonna be exhausted. But you have the NBA playoffs as well, too. Baseball, the best bet in all sports is first inning, no runs. You literally just bet on no one to score in the first inning. And I know baseball can be extremely long. So you just bet that first inning. You can watch that and then go about your day, see whether or not you won. Um, you can. I'm sure they got futures right now as well, too, on who's going to win the division. Bet on the Bucks to do that. But, yeah, UFC 274 is big. Maybe bet on one of those prop bets of a fighter to win by knockout. And make sure you use the promo code pewter to get uh, up to a $1,000 welcome bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code Pewter. You got the UFC, there's boxing, basketball, football, hockey, literally any sport you want. You could bet on golf, too, if you wanted to, tennis. Maybe they'll get pickleball on there. Logan Ryan is a big pickleball fan. I'm a big pickleball fan myself, too. So mybookie.ag, place all of your bets right there. Casey, let's get into like one or two more questions and comments here, and then we will call the day. We are already over an hour, getting close to an hour and 10 minutes, so we appreciate everyone that has been on this podcast chatting with us, giving your comments, giving your questions and concerns. There's not too many concerns with the Bucks overall because
1: they're going to be competing for a
0: title. Yeah, Yeah, some people just like to...
1: Pod that people are going to come to and just hang. It's going to be it's going to be Matt and, and I that we're just yeah
0: playing. the uh, the almost birthday twins. Our birthdays are a day apart. One so day apart. Pisces gang, Pisces posse, whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call it. You know, we got a uh, got that squad going yeah. here. Let's see who we got going on. Uh, Demon Murphy says, "I feel this was a solid draft that we'll appreciate in a couple years." That's a good point there because. <laughs> I think the problem with giving draft grades in general is we don't know how they're actually going to look in a couple of years. I mean, we can look at old drafts and be like, man, what were they thinking with this pick or wow, they knocked it out of the park. They hit a home run with this one. So it's tough to, to really grade in the moment, but I agree with uh, DeMond Murphy that um, a couple of years from now, I think we'll be saying, Maybe there's not like a stud superstar, but they got guys of value and depth and and just brought an importance to this team that they needed at the time.
1: Yeah. I could I mean I could see it. Um, I mean that's that's really what drafting's all about. You're looking for the players that are gonna make, make an impact either right away. Those are those elite guys, as you kind of alluded to when it comes to Antoine Winfield Jr., but the other ones, you're just hoping to see them make gradual progressive strides season one season two season three um that's tyler johnson he's just not one of those guys so that's where you would kind of be like holy crap what happened here but um i think that it's a line wise i mean Luke Kadecki, like i said i'm excited to see this guy play he's somebody that you'll look down the line and be like solid draft pick logan hall same thing um, punter, as long as some consistency and the accuracy, which that was something that was talked about when people were kind of shocked about adding Kamara um, to the to the Bucks roster, is they were saying, "Don't underestimate this guy. He's got lethal accuracy, which is something that, as you pointed out, Matt, is really underrated and should be paid more attention to." So I agree. Down the stretch here, let's see what the conversation is come what 2024. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, wanna, this draft. I don't even
0: want to. I don't even want to think that far ahead. Um, yeah. That like Frank Ocean. I and will I'm say. Not, I'm not going to sing it. But
1: yeah. Keith, I haven't, I forgot him. I, but another glass eater. I am psyched yes. to this dude because I, first of all, being taught football by my dad and the way that I was raised, a true grit tight end puts his hand in the dirt and knows how to freaking block. He knows how to shake a guy up he basically is just like a monster and then he can happen to catch a few passes here and there. So he's got reliable enough hands for those short passes, but when he comes off the line, he comes off with a vengeance. So I'm excited to see the redheaded devil just go nuts (laughs) out there next to, you know, the rest of the squad. Um, So if I had somebody to be excited about equally, or if not more than Koki, I I can't wait to see what his role is going to be and how he dominates alongside the rest of the squad
0: yeah shout out to Joel for this comic uh Coke it's supposed to be coke is gonna help us a lot this year dude is a beast I think he's gonna be in a ton of situations where he'll be the second or third tight end
1: mm-hmm. strictly
0: in there for blocking but as you talked about the glass eaters he's part of that group uh another nasty mean player gonna get in your face try to dominate you I think he's gonna be a great fit for this team shout out Josh s the nickname as we were saying. Chief <laughs> Keefe, that's what he's going to be called. And yeah, he could be playing fullback. The Bucks have used a lot. You see, like no more traditional fullbacks anymore. But we'll right. see our tight ends lining up in the backfield, as you were talking about a little bit too. Cam Braid did that a little bit, and we love Cam Braid, He's important to this team, but, no, but he's no. not really a blocking tight end. He shouldn't be in that role of the the fullback in the uh, in the backfield. So Chief Keefe, put him back there. Let him just Wasn't smash heads.
1: A fullback, or am I making that up?
0: Danny Vitale? Vitale. Yeah. Um
1: or was he a linebacker? I don't know why uh, I think he was a fullback. I just think that he was a fullback.
0: Yeah. Uh Joel again. We're gonna have a top 10 running game this year with Bruce Arians out, but it's Byron Leftwood still calling the play, so I don't know how much that'll change. And we'll end with James Thomas here. He said he's talking about Tom Brady. The pass to Mike Evans in the Rams game or Grayson uh, in the Jets game was no duck. Tom Brady's arm is fine, that is nothing to worry about. <laughs> He passed the ball. He passed the football, I think, more than most quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Had no issues there. No wear and tear. He's still going to keep chucking the ball, keep throwing it. Uh, It's not going to stop him because he's on that TB12 method, and um, he's still going to dominate because he's Tom Brady. He's TB12.
1: (laughs) And he is pliable.
0: And extremely pliable. (laughs) All right, folks. This has been a great show. Over an hour, an hour and 12 minutes. Uh, thank you everyone for watching, commenting, hitting the like button. Make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, tell your friends to tell a friend to subscribe. It really helps us with the algorithm and getting more of our content, our information out there. We got the long form podcast. We got podcast clips from episodes and uh, we got inside the box as well, too, on our YouTube playlist where we have things going on at the facility, whether it's Jason Light, Todd Bowles, different players. Um, we had Tristan Wirfs there last week, Keanu Neal, different guys like that. We'll Ooh, have Brady. When, coming up. I'm sorry?
1: Rookie minicamp coming yeah, up. Yeah, rookie
0: minicamp is coming up next week. We'll talk to the offensive coordinators as well. So uh, still a lot of great information. Of course, go to pewterreport.com as well, too. Kay Hardy, thank you so much. I know how busy you are between the Lightning and your move and getting your whole self and house and life situated. <laughs> So I thank you guys. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for watching another episode of the Peter Report podcast. And we will see you on Monday for a whole brand new week of Bucks football. Out. Be good to your
1: mother. No, be nice to your mother. (laughs) Out.